Welcome to episode 123 of the Weird Science Marvel Comics Podcast. I am Jim. I'm your solo host tonight because it's an odd number show, and I'm a little odd, as they say down at the rec center. And I want to tell you all about where you can find us before we get into what is going to be three books tonight. I'm going to add a book as a little special thing for a little special thing. And if you don't think that that is being mysterious then i don't know what mysterious is but you can go over to twitter and find us at ws marvel comics if you end up following us i will follow you we'll follow each other all around the earth and we'll end up being able to talk to each other become best friends at least fast friends and then possibly blood brothers and sisters which is gross but you can also go to our website at weirdsciencemarvelcomics.com. Pretty self-explanatory there. We end up reviewing almost every Marvel book each and every week. The reviews hit on 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time Wednesday. That is New Comic Book Day. You don't have to go then. You can wait until you get your books and read them, things like that. But if you want to go right away, 9 a.m. is the place to be, and you can go there. We also have a Patreon account at patreon.com slash weird science where you can support us for this podcast you can support us for both podcasts that we do each week now you can support us if you listen to the dc podcast as well but if you actually go and want some more shows that's what you're going to get because we do a lot of shows usually have at least a show a day average it kind of ends up being all different sort of things marvel comics dc comics it's really comics based because we are a comics kind of podcast deal Uh, but also indie comics and other things as well because we do have other interests. I have a Mandalorian review show that I'm doing at the moment. We end up having a pop culture show that me and Eric do. We also have different things along the lines of music things. We have all sorts of stuff. You have to go over and check it out, and that's all I ask. Go and check it out. See if there's anything for you. You can pick all different levels. You get more shows each level, and if you pick the bad butt level, which is the top level, Then you get me reading your name and probably butchering it while we listen to some Billie Eilish. Because here it is. This is the Bad Butt Roll Call giving a little salute to the Bad Butts of the Fresh Dark Crow. And we're going to go right into it. T-Funk, Niels T-Wart, My Man Rob Lewis, Bertolt Akachuk, Dalton Edom, Christian Falls, Ken Halleck, Lady Abby, John Jack... We also have Nick Adams, Mark Jager, Josh Vermillion, Aldrin Stosia, Batman Beyond Mark. I keep, I always struggle. Uh, we'll call him Spider-Man 2099 Mark, whether he likes it or not. I don't think he'll like it. Eric G., David Fink, Manship, 
I know he's listening. I mean, really, if he's not listening, I don't know what he's doing because he can't frisbee golf, and you know that's all nonsense. We have Brandy Murray. He might be drunk. You got Bobby Bain, Reggie Hancock, Admiral Whiskers, Seth Nine, I like to call Brennan, Ben Townsend, Forrest Pauly, Tony Walton, Joey Bercosco, Comic Boom Rocky, Joseph Watchick, D-Men 3000, All New Dave, Carlos, Ian, Brian King, my man Pete from NYC, Pauly P, Cellar Dweller, and I'll let anybody in, Luis, Ulysses Jones, Hakeem, Double Aaron, Simon, Swanee, Anthony G, Missy T, Lone Wolf Marv, and finally, Ruben, we salute you. We salute you big time and salute everybody else who helps us out on the Patreon, gives us encouragement. I actually use it. It's more for encouragement than me to get fired up, do more and more shows. And I try to do a lot of shows because I want to be in the Guinness Book of World Records to, with basically the man with no life at all. Isn't that the record? The man with no life. Oh, and I, I could also have maybe the most podcasts, but I'd really want to have the No Life Award which I do think I win each and every day, but I'm going to get on with that no life. You you heard the no prize. This is the no life. We're going to go on now to start talking some books. All right, and the first book for the night is going to be a book that I once said that I wanted to marry, but I think we are now going to split. It is Invaders number 12, another Chip Zdarsky book written by Chip Zdarsky, of course, if it is a Chip Zdarsky book. Art by Carlos Magno and Butch Geis. He gets a panel here. And color or a page color artist, Alex Gimierez. And letters by VCs, Travis Lanham, Captain America, and Bucky Barnes. Namor, the Submariner, the original Human Torch, Jim Hammond. During the darkest hours of World War II, these four bend together as the invaders to battle the Axis powers to the death in the name of freedom. But Namor has since turned against his former comrades and launched several attacks on the surface world. He was driven by a psychic projection of Tommy Machen, his deceased friend from the war, until Namor rejected his extremist ways and prompting Machen to use the Serpent Crown to escape Namor's mind and take control of his lieutenant, Roman Peterson. When Roxanne stole Namor's chemical weapon, the genus compound, the ensuing chase resulted in Namor and Cap becoming stranded on an island, with Namor rendered a human from exposure to the compound. But Namor and Cap discovered a Roxanne lab on the island that just happened to be there very conveniently. After they fought to reclaim the compound, Namor tried to excuse himself from the upcoming battle with Mage and prompting Cap to remind Namor who he is at heart. An invader, and this is it, this is the end. And the last issue, I even said it there, when you ended up having Cap and Namor stranded on the island where Namor ended up being human, luckily, so was Cap at that point, just after recently being a fish man, you ended up having them find just a Roxxon facility that was making pretty much Island of Dr. Moreau type monstrosities. I mean, I, I hate to say it. I hate to monster shame here. Uh, but they were uh, pretty much monstrosities. And so they ended up, the, the scientists ended up getting theirs, or at least becoming the meal for the monstrosities when Namor ended up letting the bad monsters out and letting them pretty much eat the bad guys, the scientists from Roxxon. So it, it was okay, but it was also a forced way to get Namor back. His powers were going to have to reset things. You're not going to be able to get out of this with Namor, first off, not being a fish person, an Atlantean, 
fish person, uh, but he's going to have to be a water breather. By the end of this, you're going to have to get Machen out of his mind. I didn't think that you're going to get Machen back in his mind because of all that jazz going on. And there's a lot of things, again, resetting, but there's a lot of things that are going to be left on the table. And some of the things are who's going to go and tell Xavier that this was a bunch of bullcrap. That maybe he shouldn't have done all this, that, you know, maybe he's responsible for a lot of what Namor was involved with. But you end up where, again, as a reset, you have Chip Zdarsky have Namor say, yeah, Machen's the bad stuff, but it it was in my mind. It was me. The bad stuff was still me. So don't just blame Machen. It was me. That is just kind of the devil on my shoulder, but it was in there anyway. So it's on me. Uh, you end up also with a lot of things left on the table because as it said in that little blurb, that little recap, you did have Machen become human or at least a water breather. And he became his own person, though, by using the serpent crown and then uh, possessing the body or going into the body of Roman Peterson, who was the... Roman Peterson was Randall Peterson's son. Randall Peterson being a guy that fought in World War II with the invaders, was friends with Neymar. You also had Nay Peterson, the the mother of Roman and the wife of Randall. You had them at the very beginning where they were very important. They were unraveling this mystery of what Xavier did. You know, what was his big thing involved, which basically he gave Machen the form in Neymar's head to work as a therapist so that Neymar could work out all of his problems. He could get over the idea that Tommy Machen had died in the war, but also anger issues and things. And that seemed to pretty much just lay every bit of problems on Machen of the mind, which ended up making him go bad and, and being the bad part of the Namor persona. But we never got back to Randall. We never got back to Nay. And especially because their son is now done. Their son is pretty much Machen now, but also the worst thing in the entire world, the villain of the world. So I, you never even got back to that. And I was surprised that we didn't end with them going back and, and talking to Nay and, you know, apologizing for the whole Roman thing. But we don't really go back to this is a very, very forced ending. And I'd like to say that it's just forced because you had the book cut short. And that's going to be the reason. But it also shows you that maybe there was a little bit too much going on that wasn't resolved at a point that it could have been because I had kind of seen Chip Zdarsky start mentioning little hints that this book was not long for the world. So then when it ends, it seems like he was told two weeks ago. And that wasn't the case, I don't think. I think that he was told in enough time. It's just that he had too much going on. And I give him kudos for setting up a big story. I would love a writer to go big. You know, go big or go home there, pal. Uh, Because then you get big stories. But The problem is you got to have endings and arcs and things like that so that if things do get cut short, you do have an exit plan, even if it is two or three issues. And there just was too much going on here. So this is a rush to an end. And you do end up having it start with a flashback 
deal where Cap is he's discovered in the ice and it's Namor who came to get him. And he even says, I ended up seeing shadows and things. I didn't really know what I was seeing. I was a, I was an ice man. I was an ice cube. Ice cubes don't think very well. And so he ends up seeing Namor through this and says, you know, I should have known. And I didn't know that we were linked across decades, across lifetimes. And then you go and you're in the jet with Cap, still with his beard. He ain't got no time to shave that survivor beard that he had on from the island that he was on for a couple of days. And so you, he's there. You even have Spitfire with him. You have the whole team in here. You have Jim Hammond, Namor, Bucky. They're all going and they're heading towards that rig that Machen has set up as the base. And the world is pretty much, it's now, you, you might as well build an ark. If you know somebody named Noah, go and grab him, build that ark. Let's get going because it's raining all across the world. And they're trying to figure out, okay, Machen's on the attack. And it's one of those where you didn't really have to explain it to me. I'm a dummy. So if they just say, oh, Machen's causing the world to have rain all over the place, I would just say, okay, he's got the serpent crown. He's kind of doing some whoopee whoopee with the water of the oceans. Whatever, let's get. But they do explain it. But explaining it kind of makes it seem a little more forced in my mind because we haven't really heard about the Omega C. And so what it is, and spelled out by Namor, is there is a portal in the deepest trench in the ocean where they end up where Namor's ancestors came from. And they're ending up using a machine based on Hydroman's powers. Now, that's a kind of a cool spell out or call out because they did have Hydroman in prison in Atlantis. You ended up having Cap and Bucky even find him there in the prison and get him out. So I, I like that call out, but based on his powers, they're pumping water through the portal from this other world. It's a never ending supply of water until it runs out. So I guess it's not never, but it's enough to just cause continuous rain throughout the world. The sea levels are going up. The low levels are getting filled with water. Soon the whole planet will be taken over by water. So what they are doing then is Machen has the genus compound that turns you into a water breather, and it's pretty much highest bitter deal. If you don't want to drown, if you want to become part of our water world, you know, we already have Kevin Costner. He's in. He said he loves the water world. So we're going to have him and everybody else. You just have to pay for the genus compound. So that's the end game. That's pretty much turn the, the planet Earth into your Water Wonderland, but also make money and get everybody as water breathers. So you're going with that. They're going to go and attack and try to shut down this machine. They get to the rig and they can't get in because it has a huge force field around it. Uh, But they end up, you know, attacking outside that as well. So it's Machen's people versus the invaders. But then you just have Namor say, all right, the weakness is water breathers can go through here. He goes through and there's a big battle going on. And there's also, you end up having Machen controlling octopus and and some monstrosities, things like that. So it's a pretty cool looking battle, actually. It's very big, very colorful spitfires, punching people. And you have Bucky still in the jet. He's shooting things. So it is really cool. But all it ends up being is 
Namor goes through this force field. He seems to just go through and give the, the wall up to the ground, which ends up knocking a lot of people down and then says, okay, no more force field. But at that point, Machen's there and comes over, still having the serpent crown, which you can end up controlling people, and ends up giving the mind whammy to Namor. So as Cap shows up and says, Machen, this is over, you're done, throws the shield, Namor jumps and grabs the shield, and it's Namor being controlled by Machen, and he grabs the shield and then just tackles Cap, and they go into the ocean. And then you have a page where they're just going deeper and deeper as Cap, he has no way to breathe, and you end up having Namor just choking him out anyway, so it's a double whammy there. And he's they're going down, and Cap's saying, I'm going to die. I need Namor. Please, Namor, look at me. Look at your friend, and remember, and throughout all this, and especially this issue, you did have the nice setup. It's about remembering who your friends are. It's about remembering what to do and, and make it right because of Cap at the beginning when he's in the ice and he sees Namor and it's like, oh, I got to remember, you know, that's my brother. That's Namor, my, my invaders, man. And this is the same thing where you do have a controlled Namor. He's going down and maybe even going to the depths of the ocean is going to help him kind of get away from the controller Machen, but it's more the friendship. And so basically it's going to win the day. Friendship wins the day because as this is going on, you even have more flashbacks where, you know, remember when the world was in danger and we had each other's back. Remember that we've lifted each other out of darkness. And you have the classic where there's Cap being carried like a baby by Neymar. It always cracks me up. There's Cap. He, he looks upset. His shoulders hurt. And I don't see anything wrong with his legs there. But, you know, I'd like Namor to carry me. And they are flying, too, actually. The way I look at it, it ended up being a little confusing. They're flying. So, Cap, he has an excuse for being like a baby. But if you're the DC side, it is the few times where you see Superman carrying Batman. And, and you know that Batman is so embarrassed. He's like, oh, I'll get the Batwing. No, no, no. We got to get going. Oh, I want to carry you like a baby. Like, Can you suck your thumb there, Batman? It'd be pretty cool. He's like, I'm not sucking my thumb, Superman. Go, go screw yourself. But yeah, it's it, it, remember. Come on, remember. And he does uh, because then, with everybody still fighting Machen, thinking as if we're going to win the war here, we're going to do this. You end up having Cap and Namor show back up, and at the right time too, because Jim Hammond is in big trouble. Human Torch. You have Spitfire. She even looks like she's about to be just taken over by this octopus and i know that there's some manga and anime that's into that i'm not so i'm glad that's ending you also have uh toro he's having some problems so they're all because he said machin is just throwing all the monsters at him at this point and they're trying to get to the machine and the big idea is maybe with everybody focused on the good guys fighting the good guys and also the platform maybe down below where the machine is, is not going to be so guarded. Uh, We're not really going to know or care because for the most part, it's all just finished with a snap of a finger. I mean, pretty much. There's not that much else going on here that's spelled out because as this goes on, you do have Jim Hammond go. He's going to end up using his fire powers and things like that underwater and things to get this machine down as everybody else is trying to fight off 
Machen's guys, the Atlanteans, and that's it. And basically then you have Neymar go up and punch out Machen, and that's it because Machen says, I'm going to control all of you. Hey, Cap, you're first. Boom, boom, boom. He's trying to give the mind wipe the, the control to Cap, and Cap says, you know, I've, I've been controlled before. It ain't happening now. I don't take commands that well these days. I, I'm not the guy I was. You're not going to do it. Okay. And he's like, oh, well, that stinks. Well, let me go to Namor and Namor basically in an extended thing. And this is where it kind of, it is a cool cinematic deal. It's it just, everything feels a little padded out where you have Namor the first, and then you go, a king of Atlantis, Lord of all seven seas takes commands from no one. And that's like six panels, two pages. It's okay. It's just that, you know, the machine there got taken down by Jim Hammond, but we really didn't see much of it. And then it's over. Machen falls over. You end up having Namor and get the serpent crown off of him. And that's done. It's done. You even have Cap just yell the rain. It's it's slowing down. The machine. It isn't pulling any more water. You're like, oh, okay. As, as long as you say that there, Cap. And so the big thing now is what to do with Machen. And Namor says, all right, well, that's that. Let's everybody, let's celebrate a little. But before, I'm going to get Machen. I'm going to take him back to Atlantis, and we're going to execute him. We're gonna, he's a no-good jerk. And I want to get rid of him. And it's almost in my mind, too, if you had more to play and you went further. It would be kind of like the idea that Namor wants to get rid of this bad, you bad self right there. We're getting rid of you. We, we want you to get... But he can't because Cap's like, that's not how it happens. We're going to take Machen. And it makes sense because of the idea he even says to Neymar, if you take Machen, there, there's no proof of anything, really, that this wasn't you, that you didn't set this up. I, I think Cap's also thinking, I'm going to go back and the government's going to say, you let Namor and this other guy go. I mean, really, you guys are in trouble. They got to bring somebody. They got to have. It's not a scapegoat because it is the bad guy, Machen. But they say, we're going to have to take him. He's going to go under trial for all his crimes. We're going to get that. We're going to take him with. And Neymar pretty much is just like, no, you jerks. I'm out. And he goes off. And you end up then continuing with Bucky. And it's really at this point, Jim Hammond and Steve. Bucky shows up later. They're drinking a little. They're talking about things two weeks later. Uh, hey, have you heard from Namor? And Steve said, well, he sent one message. Uh, and it was about Machen. It basically said that he's pissed off. He he wanted Machen and he's mad. But they Atlantis will, has now said, we got rid of the genus compound. It's all destroyed. No more making fish people out of surface breathers. That's done. And then Steve even says, and our government has said the same, that they got rid of their stuff as well right after they cured the underwater citizens. And it it made me laugh because there's the other thing, though. He's like, our government insisted they did the same, meaning that they destroyed the genus compound. But yet it didn't seem like there was that much around. And that was Machen's plan to kind of get there and make all the countries bid and pay for it. Well, if the U.S. government had it, they probably could have solved the whole problem, though you still don't want to be fish people, so you'd have to kind of stop that as well. But it it seems as if at least the United States, I guess, wasn't in as much trouble 
if things went down later. Who knows how much they had, but they did end up curing the town of fish people that was there. That kind of just, again, that's another thing that was there, didn't really do much for. And you can kind of sit here and think of the things that could have went forward, that could have gone, even the fact that at this point, I think that maybe the invaders would have stopped Machen. And I think Namor would have stayed with them. I think that we would have gone on. This would have been the end of the arc to now actually get an invaders book. That that has the name on the cover So it's it's a real shame Because at, at points This book was so good Bucky shows up and just basically says Hey you guys are getting drunk without me That's bullcrap you know me I love the drinking so let's go Are we doing shots what, what are we doing here And they're like ah we're, we're done you can pay the bill But they actually keep talking And you end up Having hey uh, Jim you're going to Continue this book that's how this started and this whole thing just got pushed aside and now he says no i'm kind of mad uh you know namor kind of really did a number on me and i really don't want to do it and steve's there as pretty much the namor apologist through and through and this is how it's going to end with him being that he's been that all this whole series when you had tony stark say i'm going and i'm going to kill namor or at least grab him and, and no 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 He's, he's our friend still. He, he's a good guy, right? Uh, come on, Iron Man, you know. And th- Jim, though, at this point is so mad because even when they're fighting, he's in almost the Iron Man suit of the Human Torch deal. And it made me laugh in the pen because it looked like he got little arms, little hands, and he's mad. But he said, he made me like this. I'm pretty pissed at him. And Steve's like, yeah, you know. He might have done a number on you, but that war did a number on him and all of us. I'm like, oh, my goodness. You got the pom-poms out? You got, like, Atlantis, rah, 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 shish, kambah, Neymar, Neymar, he's our guy? Because that's all you keep doing. And he says, I can't stay mad at Neymar. And I want to, like, I can't stay stay mad at Neymar. I mean, look at the guy, because then you go to him just sitting on his throne in Atlantis. Like, that guy's got a 10-pack. I mean, really, I thought I was in shape. Super serum soldier gave please. Whatever he's doing, he's got more than just the swimmer's body. That guy is stacked. Uh, but he says, uh, no matter how many times we clash, we were forged together, forged during the war on battlefields and off the battlefields, and maybe when we were talking on our bunks, and then later when I was giving him a noogie, and then he had, and he's a good man. If you dive deep, he says he's a good man when you dive deep enough. And I, I, I just wish Bucky's like, really? Are you, you're going to start making puns here, please? Um, but yeah, he says he's a king, a mutant, a hero, a villain. But to us in this room, he's a fellow soldier and he's an invader. And as this goes, you end up close up to Namor's face. And as this is being said, it pulls out, pulls out. And he is just sitting in Atlantis all by his lonesome as probably all by myself plays in the distance and he sheds a single tear that you'll never see because he's underwater you you can't see that underwater tears but yeah it ends and it's a shame it's a real shame this book really was something that i looked forward to each and every month i i loved it if you listen to this podcast it was one of those books at the very beginning or at least a little later kind of like a cosmic ghost rider that the minute I read it, the first issue, I fell in love with it. I was really into it. And as it went, it just, 
I I didn't understand why it wasn't selling. And this happens a lot. Uh, Right now, you end up with the Freedom Fighters over at DC. That's just about to end. But at least that was set up to be a 12-issue mini. So when you get to the end, Robert Banditti is doing it. He knew the space, so he can end up finishing it. But again, that's a book where I just sit there and read it and think, boy, this is one of my favorite books. And then I see the sales, and I just, what's going on? Why am I liking stuff that, that people don't? Because I, I see a book that's really good, has characters that people love, and then mixed in with some classic deal like a Jim Hammond, things like that. You have Namor, which this whole thing was even set up in the Avengers book first. And all this stuff seemed to line up to have everybody enjoying this book. But you stinking people out there, you didn't buy it. You didn't go and buy it. And I know some of you did. And I hope that you feel the same because it was really good. But I I can't give it a pass on the last two issues, especially and especially an ending like this, that everything's forced just to an ending. So because I give it a six out of ten. Overall, though, I'll give the series an eight. I really loved it. I really did. I thought the art, the story, everything was really good. Now, at the very beginning, the art was even more special because you had a lot of those flashback deals and you just kind of didn't have them going on to the end here. But all right, now I'm going to move on to the next book. And it is a book. It's 2099 Omega number one, number one in our hearts, right? No, it's not. I'm not even going to pretend. I'm not going to pretend it's even Duh. that. Uh, this is what I want to say to the book. I told you to shut up. That's what I say about this. Written by Nick Spencer. Oh, my. Pencils by Gerardo Sandoval. Gerardo, is he Rico Suave? And Z. Carlos. Inks by Gerardo Sandoval, Victor Nava, and Z. Carlos. Colors by Mary Maury Hollowell, Brian Reber, and Andrew Crossley. And letters by VCs Joe Caramanga. And I will say, with all of that art team all getting together with more people there than the stage of Earth, Wind, and Fire, uh, I thought that the art was pretty good. I I didn't have any problems with the art. I had a lot of problems with everything else. And that means story, and that means Nick Spencer. And Brandon isn't even here for him to just get upset and yell about Nick Spencer, but I have completely gone on his trolley of just not liking much that he's doing. Miguel O'Hara has been a cog in the machine his whole life. A gifted geneticist, he came to work for Alchemex, researching genetic mutations in the toxic wasteland called the Ravage. But after a traumatic experience on the job, Miguel began to suspect his employers of shady dealings and left the company. Still, Miguel refused to expose their crimes despite the pleas of his brother Gabriel, or Gabriel, a revolutionary fighting for the poor Thorites. But after Miguel meets a mysterious old man claiming that they're the same person, he may get his chance to do right. And the big thing that I have said, especially in last week's Spider-Man 2099, is and a lot of these 2099 things ended up on the Patreon spotlight. So if you're not a Patreon, you wouldn't have heard us lose our mind over those. But the Spider-Man 2099, I reviewed that on the site. We talked about it. Uh, I believe it was a Patreon spotlight. And I just ended up at that one saying, why are we getting what seemed to be a reboot of the 2099, a retelling of that universe? And it's the sucky version. It's the crappier version. Nothing was better than the original. Now, there were some other things that we didn't get before, and those seem to be the better ones, a Conan, a Venom, things like that. But overall, 
It's been a huge disappointment and it's just been the idea. Like I said, if you're going to end up having something done again, it's not a reboot, I guess, but just a reimagining to get it now, have something coming out, do it good, make it worthwhile, give me a reason to read it, make me feel good about reading it, make me think that I have not wasted a lot of money and time on it by the end because each one that I read starting with that Fantastic Four nonsense, has driven me insane. And I just sat there after everyone saying, what the heck is going, why am I doing this? Why am I, and I get to do it. And, you know, luckily after complaining so much, we ended up getting review. I'm, I'm getting review copies, so I'm not buying it. I'm actually just having to sit down and read it. And it's driving me insane. If I bought this crap, I'd be so pissed. So everything, and I said at the end of my Spider-Man 2099 review on the site, I said, I, I'm going to wait till this Omega. Maybe it's going to do something. And I said, there's a lot of heavy lifting that needs to be done if you're going to make it you know, good. And the problem is, is by the end, I can see them trying, Nick Spencer trying to do that. But leading to that, it gets so infuriating because of the idea that you had that older version of Miguel showed up at the end of the Spider-Man 2099, the actual Spider-Man, not the amazing Spider-Man deal, the Spider-Man 2099. And he ended up showing up and saying, Hey, you know, a back to the future kind of deal, or even a Terminator, you know, come with me if you want to live. But Hey, you look familiar. Well, I should. I'm you. What? And going. And it's explained. It's explained in a way that this older fella here that is claiming to be Miguel is. And he is the original, real Spider-Man 2099. When his universe, his 2099 universe was dying, he went back and went to go get our current Spider-Man, the Amazing Spider-Man deal. He went back to get him so that they could stop Doom from then eventually later, and it gets wonky, causing all these problems and causing the idea that the heroes went down but then were forgotten, and that's all Doom. And so he's explaining this to Miguel, you know, the new 2099 Miguel, and even gives him, you know, here, let me touch your head, and you're going to have visions and a lot of the stuff is just out there. You know, hey, yeah, I went back in time. I did this. I did that. Hey, what did Doom do? Because he ends up living then. Why he's old, he lives those 80 years then to get back to this 2099. Just waiting, wasting his time there like we did with these books. And uh, he says, I don't remember what exactly happened because, you know, what Doom was doing and how he made everybody forget, yeah, it didn't quite work fully on me because I'm here and I remember things. But I don't remember the important things you're asking me because I don't know why. It just is. There's the missing years. And it, it really is funny, too, because there's a lot of things in this that end up, if you are a DC fan, you have missing years thrown out here which is kind of the idea of the Jeff Johns rebirth number one when you started rebirth, where there was missing years and you had all these things with Wally West. So here, Miguel is going to be the Wally West. He's the one who is going to bring back the hope. He's going to bring back. So I don't know that Nick Spencer's full out tongue in cheek doing this, because if that's the case, then I really am angry. But the whole concept is, is the real 
Spider-Man 2099 saying, you are living in an awful version of my universe. You are living in the wrong one. You're living in the tainted one. Doom has script. So basically what you're telling me now, Nick Spencer, is all of the books that we wasted time on were the crappy versions. And now you're just admitting that. I, I knew it already because I read them. I'm not stupid. I might be dumb, but I'm not stupid. And I know that they were the worst versions. But for you to actually say in this, in a roundabout way, all that stuff that you guys read, that's the awful version that we have to change. Well, really? Please. And so he has to convince Miguel, listen, you're, you're the linchpin. You're the one who can stop this. You are the hope. We can bring back the heroes. There were heroes. They ran around in tights. One was called Spider-Man. And he ended up being a great guy. And he had responsibility. And he's doing all that. And he's swinging around on webs. And they wore costumes. And Miguel says, oh, that sounds really stupid. So they were a bunch of fools, right? No, they weren't fools. They were heroes, and you got to be one. While this is going on, you have Doom pretty much this whole entire issue yelling at the Watcher who he has chained up, as we saw before. He has him chained up, and he's yelling, you know, show me the person who's going to change this, and show me the the person who you claim is going to bring back the hope and and the thing, because I hope it's not you know, a Spider-Man guy, uh, you know. Uh, and, and the Watcher's like, I'm not going to tell you. Nah, 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 nah. So Doom says, all right, well, then I'm going to kill you and kills him by the end. We'll get to that. But it's basically it. It's basically the Watcher saying, oh, look at this. And I love the idea that the Watcher keeps throwing shade at Doom and saying, oh, Victor, you don't realize all these heroes, they're already starting to remember the, the past. They're already starting to remember the hope and the heroism that will define your downfall. And one of them is Herbie, who the only thing he's remembering is the Fantastic Four that was brought back to him wasn't right, so he killed them. Just really, like, all these, nobody's remembering crap. And you know what's not going to be remembered? These bunch of books in six months. How about that? How about that for a hot take there, right? Because they're just not good. So you end up going back where you still have Miguel. I don't know. I don't know that I, I can be a, what do you call them? Harrows? Never heard it. Uh, but hey, maybe, maybe I can. And why, but why did you come now? Why is it right now that it's become the big important thing? Why didn't you come back before and get somebody? Why didn't you, why'd you have to get me? Why didn't you, and first off, because I'm you and I was originally 20, so you should be, but you have, Kind of got the whole idea. You have cracked the DNA code. And that is obviously the experiment that was going on with Alchemex, then the Ouroboros deal, and seeing the Spider Man 29 of the mind, maybe, but also knowing that he can go into the Ravage and become Spider Man himself. And he's like, oh, well, I, I don't want to become Spider-Man. And his future self just says, the older self goes, you, you have to become Spider-Man. And Miguel's like, are you serious? Like, I'm not going to genetically modify myself. Now, I, I don't mind the idea here where he would become Spider-Man 2099, not because he ended up getting hooked on Ravage by Tyler Stone slipping a Mickey in his drink and he wants to redo his DNA imprint, things like that. But 
Uh, that was a cool version of getting bit by a radioactive spider. But I don't mind this here where he would go off and make the hero's decision and make the deal of, okay, I'm going to go. I'm going to be a hero. I'll inspire people. I'm in. But he already had a really good ver- Like This all goes back to you're still not better than the original 2099 and just the other people as they're showing and as they're saying certain for anytime you get a phrase of and then you'll make people remember or the watcher says people will remember you'll always go to one of these characters that we have had in these one shots punisher ghost rider and every time i go i i'm just reminded how much i did not like those i don't want them back If anything, please reset this timeline and let's just get back to the regular good old 2099 that we had before and call it a day because this stuff stinks. So you go and he you you end up with Miguel not wanting to do it. You're going to have to have something push him towards it. The something is his brother, his brother, Gabe, Gabriel, who ends up going we already had the setup where you can mimic a person's look you end up having the mystique discs whatever they are they look like little skulls that you end up being able to go and change your look that was set up in the last issue especially the one 2099 spider-man 2099 where you did have you know miguel doing that and things like that and he even had that in Back in the Punisher issue, a lot of the stuff was seeded. So I'll give them that. But he ends up figuring out out of, you know, pretty much jumping to conclusions that he can't. He says to Layla, hey, Layla, you know, let's get going. I need you to get me somewhere. And she's like, I cannot do that. I can't upload anything because you are already in the system. And Oh, no. Layla, why do you sound like Jim? Like, he doesn't have a sexy voice. You should have a sexy voice. Jim doesn't have a sexy voice. And then, I'm sorry. I was wrong. It's me uploading files. But, yeah, you end up where you find out that Gabe, his brother, has gone, has replicated himself into looking like Miguel. Still thinks there there would be other fail-safe things, but they did call that out. Then he is able to then go into Miguel's apartment. He ends up having Layla uploading the rapture files, the, the the audio and visuals of what Miguel did see in the rapture. If you remember the last issue, if you did read Spider-Man 2099, you ended up having Gabe say, well, what did you see? And Gabe, no, no, I can't tell you. That's classified still. And, you know, even if I'm not employed, even if I quit Alchemex, I, I can't go that far. I, you know, we could get in trouble. And that's what happens here. Because as Gabe is uploading the files, uh, it just gets triggered down uh, off at Alchemex, Tyler Stone himself. And I'll give Tyler uh, full credit. He's a hands-on boss. I mean, he might have 10,000 employees, but in the middle of the night, he's still there working. This guy is a hard worker, piece of crap, but a hard worker. And he ends up using the immersion technique thing that we we already saw as well. Again, some of these things, you know, the tech at least, and the world was set up a little. So he ends up there as a hologram in Miguel's apartment, says, oh, no, what are you doing, Miguel? Not knowing that it's Gabe. My boy, you, you were such a shining light, so much promise, and now you're stuffed out so quickly. 
And this is where Miguel is running. It's almost like a Luke Skywalker going home as he's running to, you know, save his aunt and uncle. And he's too late as he gets there. The apartment building gets blown up. And I'm telling you, there's probably 10,000 people dead. So, yeah, Tyler Stone is a piece of crap. The thing that that made me laugh, too, is at one point you, you still have it where the the Peter from the real 29 or Miguel, I'm sorry, the Miguel from the real 2099. He's walking with a cane. He's an old guy. He's only three steps behind Miguel. I mean, Miguel's just sitting there after things explode and stuff's coming down on him. A little. But eh, there's that old guy with the cane. I don't think that Miguel is a very fast runner. He may be young. Not a fast runner. Uh, and this is where that's the big thing. It's, it's one of those where Tyler has and, and Miguel's kind of set up to be now the big hero because now everybody thinks he's dead. He actually can work from the shadows because nobody is going to know that he's even alive at this point, even though he then ends up immediately getting Layla and hook. Why would you do that? Why would you go right to that if you are now kind of off the grid? But he, he ends up deciding, I'm now going to go. I got somewhere to go and something like a monstrosity Spider-Man to be. And this is where we do see Doom, Victor's yelling at the Watcher. You better tell me who this big hope is. Who, who's this guy? Is it Tom Brady? Because that guy can really do anything, even though at this point, He's probably 130. He's still playing, though. He, he's on the 49ers now, though, because the Patriots got rid of him at 35 years ago. But that's fine. Bill Belichick's long gone as well. It, was it Tom Brady? No, no. And, and the watchers, uh, who are you talking about, Tom Brady? Tom Brady ain't around. And Doom's like, darn it. I thought it was Tom Brady. Maybe it's Sidney Crosby, right? Sidney Crosby. Now he's dead, too. All right. So the watcher says, I'm, I'm not going to tell you. I'm not going to tell you who it is. Doom gets mad, says, you know, please, no, please, I'm going to do something if you don't, please, no, okay, I'm going to kill you. He ends up saying, you're getting on my nerves, you're not helping your case here, and you're, you're really annoying. So he ends up killing the Watcher. As the Watcher is dying, he does end up as one last bit of shade saying, oh my, Victor, as you're walking away, I just want you to know I'm seeing it all now. I see a, a man born of pain and tragedy. Haunted by a sense of responsibility, determined to prevent the same fate for others, willing to do whatever it takes. And you do end up seeing, and this is, it, it is Miguel turning into the 2099 Spider-Man. It, it makes me laugh because it's one of those things, especially in that first issue of 2099 uh, Spider-Man, you end up where he looked more like the vampires at first. Like, I don't know what what phase that you want to become a spider-man that you become the vampire but there he is he's a draculus uh and then you end up seeing though like he's gonna be the answer he's gonna bring the hope and everybody's remembering now but he's gonna be the one and then you end up where the watcher says before i die it's my honor to see the new age of heroes is born and you see 2099 spider-man 2099 bust through a glass and that's it and then he also says you know, the new, but that's it. it it's over. <laughs> that's it. I, what are we doing? What are we doing now? Uh, I guess, and it does even say now on sale, but it does list Amazing Spider-Man 36 before this Omega. But 
now we're at a point where this should have been the first issue, not the 13th. And you wasted our time. You wasted our money to get to what only is a kind of start and then just end it. So is it going to be based on sales? I don't know. I, I don't even know that I've seen much of this going forward. I don't hear anybody talking about it. I really don't. I, I, the only thing I hear people talking about is them saying that it stinks. And I agree. It's not good and it's not engaging and it's not better than the original and there's no reason for it. So to end it with a non-ending to get to the point where and, and even throwing in that new age of heroes that is exactly what the DC thing was where they were kind of using amalgam of the Marvel things is an odd thing too. But are we going to see this? Because if we are, I I probably will read it and I probably will review it, but it's going to take me just one little thing to drop it because this should have been dropped by me a long time ago, right when it started. I shouldn't have even gotten involved. That That's how bad I think this is. It It's disappointing to the point of being pretty much infuriating and it just seemed like a money grab thing to kind of get to this. You ended up having... The description of how this happened was just like, hey, you know, there's only so many years till actual 2099 is like the same as the years from when Marvel started. I'm like, that's not a story that does not make. You have to have a story here. And and there really wasn't one. So because of that, I ended up giving it a four out of ten. And that's with me really liking the art. But it just ended up being more infuriating than anything I don't read comics to get angry. I don't, I don't read them and want to do these reviews and have podcasts so that I can just yell and scream and be ticked off. I, I really don't. Maybe that some people may disagree, but that's not my plan here. It never has been. So it just ends up really, really upsetting me with with how all this goes down and how it worked out and how it was spelled out and things like that. So yeah, I am I am not happy with this at all and I do want to end up mentioning that I did have a guy Joshua, Joshua David on the site ended up having a comment on my Spider-Man 2099 review there and one of the things stuck with me is, and he said, I agree, the original is better. So why are you doing this? You have to at least match it. But he did say there's a lot of 2099 books. They they had longer runs, and he just thinks that these writers just didn't do their homework. They did not read all of the issues. They didn't delve into it. They didn't understand it. And he said, do your homework, writers, before you start messing with something we loved and there are people who love the 2099 stuff and it just seemed half-assed uh, you know not to curse too much but it really did it seemed like they you know halved it the whole time and just wanted to get to this ending and it didn't matter if the things were awful it didn't matter because the concept was to be awful so nonsense nonsense i don't want to go too much i'm just sounding like a broken record about just how bad but it was it was disappointing very disappointing and I, it was kind of my thing on the site and on the podcast. So I, I'm just kind of upset that I even got involved. And Nick Spencer has gone down one more rung on my ladder. Now it's not as low. I don't even think that 
there is a ladder left for Brandon. I think that now Nick Spencer has a shovel and is going down below the ground for Brandon. He's not there yet for me, but that's because I haven't really been reading all of Amazing Spider-Man either. He's just very disappointing. One of the guys that I had heard of, and I, not that I had heard a lot of positive things. I just heard of him before I came over doing the Marvel thing. And it was one of the writers. Okay, let me check him out. Let me check out him, Dan Slott, stuff like that. Even even a Mark Wade that I had read some older DC stuff. But just kind of checking on most of the guys that I wanted to check out have been disappointments. And then there's Chip Zdarsky who shows up that I had heard a little bit about, not much, but a little. And all of a sudden, he's he's my darling. He's in my heart. So yeah, even with that Invaders ending like it did, but. I'm going to go off now to one last book since we're going to do three books in this episode. Now I kind of thought of that as we're going, but I'm going to do one more book and then call it a night. All right. And the last book is a Star Wars book that I don't usually get to talk Star Wars because Brandon hates it unless it's the Mandalorian. But he still thinks that Baby Yoda is actually Yoda. I mean, really? Like, duh, duh, indeed. But this is Star Wars The Rise of Kylo Ren, number one. Written by Charles Soule and art by Will Slinney. And I see, and I'm going to actually read the solicit for this because the book does not offer a recap because it's a number one. But I wanted to get everybody an idea of what it is about. And I'm on the Cumbo Roundup that I go to a lot, look at reviews, to see reviews of this. Kind of see, I know what I'm going to give this. I know what I feel about it. Just to see how... My ideas jive up with people who reviewed it, and boy, they don't jive. The people really love it. I mean, there's even a 10 out of 10 here, and that's fine and dandy. I guess it's what you are expecting out of this, what you want out of this. I love the character of Kylo Ren, but I'm also a guy who really just needs the movies. And if I'm going to give full disclosure here so that you know that I'm not going to fake the funk or anything, and this isn't a controversial hot take, it's just how I feel. I am an original trilogy guy, and so I did like Force Awakens. I was not a huge fan of The Last Jedi, and with that, though, still love Kylo. I like the I like the characters in the sequel trilogy that we're getting now and finishing up this week, actually, and I really do like them. I just didn't like the tone of Last Jedi as much. And instead of fighting about it, I'd rather just watch the original trilogy, uh, try to pretend that I like the prequels, which I don't at all, and watch The Mandalorian, which I love. I said earlier, I have a Mandalorian review show. And if you did go on the Patreon and listen to that, I pretty much wax poetic about Star Wars and how much it meant to me as a kid growing up, things like that. Uh, but that doesn't mean I have to like The Last Jedi or Force Awakens or Rogue One or even whatever, the Christmas special, whatever it might be. I likes what I likes, as Popeye once said, and you can likes what you likes, like olive oil once said, not Brutus, olive oil. But this is, again, written by Charles Sewell, who did the Darth Vader book, which was incredible. It really was. And if you want to read a run of a star wars comic i that's one of the ones i would suggest right away it's really good um now again that we have a expanded universe that was kind of shut down by disney they're trying to build that up with this and stuff like this so you're going to start that again and it's okay Th- this issue is fine 
I don't like the art so much at points. I, I think that there is a monstrosity, at least two monstrosities in this book. Uh, and I didn't even know. Like, What's that, a rancor? Oh, my. Listen to me. Uh, and it wasn't. I'll tell you what it was when we get there. But it says, with Ben Solo's fall comes Kylo Ren's rise. Young Ben Solo's legendary Jedi Luke Skywalker's most promising pupil as the son of Rebel Alliance heroes Leia Organa and Han Solo as well as Luke's own nephew. Ben has the potential to be a great force of for light in the galaxy, but the Skywalker legacy cast a long shadow. The currents of the dark deep side run deep and Darth Vader's blood runs in Ben's veins. I don't know what that sentence was. Voices call from both his past and future telling him who he must be. He will shatter he will be reforged. His destiny will be revealed. Snoke awaits. And, and really, isn't that sexy? The Knights of Renaway, Ben Solo's path to his true self begins here. And so you do have that. It does start in a time long ago. And you have a guy sitting there almost talking to us and uh, saying, I am called Ren. And this is a guy. It's an ice planet deal going on. He looks like he's a burn victim and he's got some armor on a really cool mask and a cape. And he's not really talking to us. He's talking to some brothers, younger brothers. And he says, I am called Ren, but that's not my name. Uh, You're Karst and your younger brother here is Philin. Good to meet you both. We've been looking for you for a while. Hey, I I hear you like the murder. You like the killings, they say. And I see that there's a lot of people here to kill you or at least take you in it's a good thing we got here you do see the rest of what are the knights of ren just slaughtering these security people who they call sex sex the sector security and the one brother says they almost had us this is great you swoop in just start shoving them back who in the blazes are you and he's like whoa well blazes i am a burn victim here that's not very nice or appropriate but really i burn myself so it's okay and he says yeah you know, they want you too bad. Where it is you killed at least 100 people. That's a lot, you know, but we want to kind of recruit you. We want you guys to be Knights of Ren. He really wants one of them, and he wants one in particular because he says, Hey, Karst, I was told that you can touch the shadow. Uh, you can do things. And he's like, you know, like what? Well, like this. And he has a lightsaber. This Ren, Knight of Ren, has a lightsaber. He makes it hover there like they do. He says, can you do that? And you end up having Cars say, yeah, yeah, I can. But look, here you go. And he ends up saying, don't call me that. But hey, this is what I can do. He's letting it float. He's got a piece shard of ice. And he's like, that's good. All right. Uh, you know, we can do that. It's good that you can because that's pretty much one of the requirements of joining Knights of Ren. But we also need to have a death. And and like a death, we already killed 100 people. No, 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 a good death. And even before that, he has his lightsaber and he says, listen, you know, the Knights of Ren, we follow this. And it's it's the lightsaber, but he says, this is Ren. And the Ren doesn't care right or wrong. It doesn't care your goals. What it does is burn everything that it gets near. It just is. It lives and it consumes. It doesn't apologize. It is its nature and nothing else. And I believe in that principle on a deep level and ends up start burning his hand. I'm like, okay, that's fine, you wacko. And he's like, I dedicated my life to it. Hence, 
what I like to call the tapestry of burns that is my body. So pretty sexy, huh? But he says, okay, well, we need a death, a good death, because these hundred killed sex sex ain't good. That's not a real good death. We need something for you to be committed to. We need to see that you're going to kill something that you love. So you'll go in, obviously, meaning his brother. Well, you end up where they want cars. He, he is touching the shadow and they don't end up getting karst they end up getting the other brother Philan, because Philan then jumps to gets his blaster and shoots his brother dead and this is where the knight of ren then says oh you know what you got the attitude you got the tude you got the mood but you ain't got the force you can't touch the shadows you are now dead and kills him and then basically the other knights come over and say, okay, what's going down? We got them. You know, oh, man, why why are they dead? I thought we were here to recruit. Oh, you know what? They they done messed up. They, they didn't make the cut. All right, let's go. And you see that basically they've just killed and slaughtered so many people to fail and not have this work out. But they don't care. Say, you know, Master, he'll, he'll find somebody else. We'll, we'll be able to get some coordinates. We'll go get them. And the one guy says, well, what do we do now? I mean, we have some downtime. Are we going to have some shore leave there, get some tail or something? No, no, no. We're going to find something to burn. And they go off. And that's where you get the credits page that does say, the, when with Ben Solis, fall to the dark side of the force will come the rise of Kylo Ren. Chapter one, like I said, Charles Soule writing, will slain an art. And I'll continue by telling you, Guru effects on colors, which I think the colors are really good. And VC's Travis Lanham on letters. I do not have a problem with the lettering. So there, there is kudos to the lettering. You then go, and what you're going to get here is a expanded view, an expanded version of what happened to Kylo, the whole thing with Luke at the Jedi Temple, the whole idea of when he went to Snoke, the who is talking in his head, what's going on, and also leading to what will eventually be the turn against his family and friends here and so that's where you're going in if that's what you need if you really want to have an expanded view of kylo what he did you know going from ben to being kylo ren what it meant to him what he ended up having to face and conquer and overlook and try to forget things like that this might be for you it's okay uh, you end up with the first page where you end up having, they say, you know, the Jedi Temple Luke Skywalker, and there's Kylo there as the temple is burning down. And uh, I'm telling you, I love Adam Driver. I, I think that he's a great actor. I would never call him handsome. He has a unique look. He has a look that you don't forget. It might burn through your soul. But when you end up having somebody draw your a visage in a comic and it comes out, as bad as what I see here in this panel. You either have to get a better artist, which I don't really think that's the case because a lot of the other things look pretty good, or you just have to look in the mirror and realize you may not be the prettiest of human beings. You may not be a Brad Pitt in, say, Legends of the Fall, and he's not. He he really isn't. This reminds me of The Simpsons when you end up going and getting a character of yourself. Unfortunately, they are going to pick certain features that may not be your most attractive things. This is a character. And the next thing you know, 
you're on roller skates and you're an uggo and you end up having to have your dad sell his blimp ticket to get you in the Little Miss Springfield contest. This is what happens when you're not exactly what they call a good looking person. And I know what that is because I have never been accused of being hot, as they say. Uh, cute maybe at the best of my best days. So I know th- this is the struggle. I-, I have the Kylo Ren struggle every single day. So I- I'm not saying this in shame. I'm saying it as recognition and saying it from a place of misery and just upsetness. So he doesn't look good. Y- you end up having three other Jedi show up. They realize, hey, things are straight up fire down there. And then the one's like, hey, what do you mean? It's it's cool. Like everything's hot. No, no, no. It's on fire. I mean, this, this place is on fire. And they start using the force. Like, and it's funny because it's Ty, who does resemble, say, a Professor X, who then uses Professor X, classic move of touching his temple, which means a power's activated. So he's like, oh, yeah, I sense uh, heat. Uh, maybe smoke they're like yeah you don't say that it's on fire oh yeah okay i don't sense luke skywalker or pretty much anybody but one guy it seems ben's down there let's go and then they go and confront him not confront him right away ty is pretty much like cap earlier was an apologist for namor ty is an apologist for ben and really wants to think the best of them, thinking that what's going on and even what Ben then tells them might not exactly be accurate. And then he might be boastful or he might actually think something happened that didn't. But you say, what happened? What, what's going on? Oh, uh, you know, Luke, he got up. He tried to kill me in my sleep. So I killed him. He's dead. I'm like, what? No, no, no. You, you couldn't have done that. Yeah, yeah, I did. I, I killed Luke. He, I, he's my uncle, but still, what a jerk. Tried to kill me in my sleep. This is what happens. And I was trying to rest. And they're like, no, 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 really, you couldn't kill Luke. And now, classic Ben slash Kylo, as he freaks out. And really, there hasn't been a hissy fit like this since one Luke Skywalker wanted to go. And get power converters at Tashi Station because he's like, what? What do you think? Oh, man, you think I'm not strong enough? I can take all three of you down. I know I can. And I'm the equal. I was the best. Luke loved me. And then I killed him. And it's what happened because I'm stronger. He just freaks out and whines and moans. And they're like, no, no, no. Uh, we're not saying that you like that. Great, but I don't think you did it. Oh, yeah, I did. So he's all mad. He's pushing people around. And he's like, I'm leaving. And you should, too, you know. School's out for the summer, baby. You end up having, you know, the Alice Cooper playing. You get in your ships and go because it ain't school. You like school in the summertime. There ain't no class going on right now. And so they say, no, no, no. You're not going anyway, Ben. Stop. We we have to figure this out. And he's like, really? You, you guys think you're going to stop me? I already told you I'm better than you on that hissy fit. Didn't you listen? And he's, plus, you guys aren't Jedi. And you're scared. That's why I know you're not Jedi, especially you, Vo. And she is the girl there. You, you, you're real scared. And she's the one who maybe she has to kind of go a little above the deal. Like, really? You think I'm scared? Well, I guess I have to attack you. They have the lightsabers drawn. And she does jump in the air to attack Ben. He just stops her midair with the force, puts out his hand, stops, and then even starts what appears to be what you end up, you know, later with, uh, you know, choking him out, not later before with, with Darth, but he ends up just throwing her into the other guys. So they end up getting up again. And they're like, okay, who wants to really fight him now? Because that didn't work out. And like, yeah, 
we're in. They're like, whatever. We have to go as a unit here. So, yeah, we're all three of us are going to attack. And that's where Ben's like, really? Like, this is your last chance. I'm giving you one last chance. If you don't go with that, I'm I'm going to be forced, as a pun there, to hurt you. And they're like, no, no, no. We're, we're going to go. And he's like, fine. He then ends up using the force to lift tons of rocks, burning wood, burning rocks, and things like that, and ends up just throwing them into these other three Jedi students. And Hennick, the last of these Jedi that I haven't mentioned yet, he ends up getting a shard in his chest area, chest, neck, and, and, and head area, and he ends up going down, and as they are tending to him, in what I think is a very, very weird dialogue with, listen, Hennick, let me take your pain away. You know, F your pain away here, buddy. You'll feel nothing while you end up then having, oh, like, I, I can get this out. I can be delicate while Hennick's like, no, no, no. I can feel quite a bit, Ty. And Vo, leave off. You haven't been delicate a day in your life. I've seen you. You ain't delicate. Yes, Ben just walks away. And they're like, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? And Vo says, uh, first we're going to help Fennec, or Hennick. We're going to get him to our ship. And then we'll see what we do as Ben slowly leaves. He's just walking slowly away like a bad butt. He's not looking back either like a bad butt. And he goes to a ship. He ends up going there where his droid there is like, oh, Master Solo, pleasure to see you. I just tuned up the ship. I don't know if that means sexy time with robots. I I don't know. When a robot says I tuned up the ship, you might be talking about something that I really don't want to see or maybe I do. And that's where Ben's like, no, you know, everything's fine. Gee, you know, let's go. But, But, sir, what about the temple? It seems to be on fire. There's a large fire. Yeah, 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 it's fine. I, I called 911. Let's get out of here. And they go and they lift off. Well, you end up having Vo, the other Jedi of the three there, who was the one who first attacked Ben. It powers up the ship and they go. And even Hennick's there. He, he's trying to heal. He's hurting. He's like, well, what are we doing? I mean, I thought I was going to heal. Now we're just going to zip around in space. This is ridiculous. And you end up having Ty like, oh, I'll go find out. Goes up and says, what are we doing? She's like, we're chasing Ben. We're taking him in. He ended up saying that he killed Skywalker, and I still really don't believe him. But we have to find out the truth and find out from him, find out by taking him in. So they do. They're chasing him. You get, you know, a a dogfight here. Classic deal of a Star Wars movie, obviously, but it's very quick. Ben ends up just doing a Yui, then going right against uh, their ship. And blast their engine, knocks their engine out. And at one point, they even say, really, you're going to go and and, um, fight Ben? I don't know if you know this, but his dad, Han Solo, this guy, he did that Kessel run. I mean, really? And his his uncle's Luke. And he blew up the Death Star. These are the best pilots in all the galaxy. And and you think that we're going to do anything? And and Ben does disable the ship in a way that later is spelled out by Vo. Like, do you understand what he did? He had a one in a million shot to disable our engines without hurting us. And he did it. I wanted to say quite like, you know, an exhaust port in the Death Star. But that's kind of what it was. He ends up just pretty much one shot that, boom, does it. And that's where you end up having Gigi the droid say, hey, are we going to go home? I know your mom misses you. Should we go to Hosnian Prime? That's where she is. Sounds like a Canadian city to me. But that's where she is. Let's go. And in a move, quite like his uncle's move when he left Hoth and went to Dagobah, says, no, no, no. We're not going to go there now. We're going to go somewhere 
other than that, we're going to get going. While this is going on, a voice comes in his head and says, it happened, did it not? We both thought it might. And then you end up having, as Ben's flying there, remembering what did happen. So we're getting a little bit more of a scope of what happened with Luke and Ben. uh, But we're still not getting the full story. We're still not seeing. Now, a lot of this, we kind of know what happened because of seeing a Force Awakens last year. You know, all this stuff going on. So it's not really a shock, but it's it is kind of cool seeing it in an expanded deal. So as this is kind of developing a new expanded universe, at least it's expanding, you know, what we know as well. So I I do like that as just basically, you know, what it is. And but we've already seen the temple go, but you do see him. You see Ben running and then there's an explosion that knocks him back. You end up seeing what looks like a bunch of people dead. He's like, oh, no, I never I didn't want this. And then you end up having the voice again and ends up being Snoke. It says, and you did not choose it, Ben. The Jedi did, Skywalker. So that's where you have Ben say, no, no, we're not going to Hosnian Prime. I'm going somewhere else. And again, very much like what Luke said to R2 when he asked if they were going to meet up with the Rebellion. And he said, no, 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 we're going to go somewhere first. And they went to Dagobah. So then you go back to these three other Jedi. Their ship's kind of sparking. It's going down. And they're trying to figure out, okay, what do we do? We have to repair. We got to kind of, we still want to find Ben, but how are we going to find him? He went off. And that's where you end up having the wounded Jedi come up and say, are you guys stupid? I mean, here I am. I'm here. I'm hurt. We're doing all this, but I know, and it's Hennix, and he says, every Jedi has a droid, even though I, I really don't see a droid with them, and there's three of them, but he's like, he has a droid, the temple droid's there with him, and the temple droid always activates a tracker when you leave the temple to go off. It's an automatic transponder signal off on a mission in case something goes wrong, and they can go and help you retrieve your body, give it to your next, you know, kin, or whatever. That's when things really go wrong. Um, but then they say, okay, well, once we get the ship going, we'll we'll go after him. Should we call his mother and tell her what happened? And they're like, really? Like, we're going to call Senator Organa and say, hey, Senator Organa, Tenex here. And uh, yeah, your brother tried to kill your son, but then your son killed him instead. And, and now we're going to haul him. You know, we're going to hunt him down like a, a dog and kill him. No, no. I don't think that that's what we got to do. And so... They end up there. Let's go. You end up having foes like for Master Skywalker and then Ty, of course, then the apologist and cheerleader. And for Ben. Like, no, not for Ben. He ca- for Ben. <laughs> he said, I don't care what you say. I'm here for Ben. And I would guess that by the end of this, uh, Ben will obviously be Kylo and kill Hennix, and uh, kill Vo, and then in the last bit, cry. As he kills Ty, his friend and cheerleader, uh, just like he does. And even earlier in this, when you did have him injure Hennix, you did end up having him for a second look like he had regret, look like he was sad. But then he snaps out of it like he always does in a very psychopath way. And so you do then follow Ben and he goes elsewhere. Um, It actually looks like nowhere uh, to me, but you end up on this kind of space station slash garden planet station deal he goes in and there's snoke ben goes and says hey snoke looking good you're a little messed up in the face but boy that hairdo is lovely 
And it is. It, it is a very odd hairdo that I never would have guessed you would have had on Snoke. He looks like he might be able to be an NSYNC with this possibly. Maybe a reunion. Maybe not back in the day, but a reunion. Uh, he still looks terrible. He looks like Snoke, but he's got some luscious hair like Fabio. And you end up having Ben's like, hey, Snoke, look what Master Luke did to you. He's like, well, what? I, I just put a lot of product in my hair. He's like, no, no, your awful face. I mean, really, your face hurt. It's killing me, buddy. Uh, he's like, I know, but look what he did to you. Ben's like, well, I was ugly when we started. <laughs> so that really didn't help. But I'm like, all right, well, yeah, Ben say it doesn't matter what happened. Your hair, my awful looks, it. I killed Skywalker. I did it. I mean, yeah, come on. High five, Snoke. And he's like, no high fives here, my friend, because that Luke, he doesn't kill that easily. I don't think you killed him. Oh, man, I'm telling you, I've already argued with other people about this. It was easy. It was nothing, you know, but it wasn't easy because it is my uncle and things. But I, I did it. Of course, I know. I didn't mean to offend you. And as, as this is going on, I really wish that every two seconds he was just pushing the hair out of his eyes and, you know, going back with his hair all over the place in slow-mo. But he's like, hey, okay, whatever. You ended up having the Skywalker, this nonsense Jedi stupidity. They've stolen too much of you. You had your deal. You know, you end up having, if I had the clip, they may have even stolen his dreams. I'm not sure if I have a clip that might say that. I, I actually, I, oh, wait. You have stolen my dreams. That's what happened. The Jedi's and Luke stole Kylo's dreams. And he says, okay, now that they've stolen your dreams, what are you going to do? And that's why Ben's like, I've been thinking about the Knights of Ren. And you end up having a pretty cool snapshot of them, almost like you. we just got done the battle. Let's take a bad butt picture of us all together, you know, in, in the company Bloodstone, I, I don't know what they call it Company Ren, because we're not Very, you know, imaginative With our names, so here we are And they're taking the picture, and, and he I think Ben has been thinking about them A lot, he says, but That's it, and it says to be continued Now, I said at the beginning, a lot of people did seem to like This, and I don't Mind it, I don't love it, I actually Give her, you could take it Leave it, take it, whatever uh, I really am not going to continue with it. I don't think I'm not that concerned with what's happening here. I don't really think the three Jedi students there with Ben that were introduced are that interesting at all. I really don't care to follow them. I kind of know at least the end game of what will happen to Kylo with Snoke. And unfortunately, Snoke, somehow that luscious hair is going to go the wayside. Uh, so I don't really need to continue with that. I'm going to give it a six. I do like the art overall, except for a couple things of Kylo slash Ben slash Adam Driver, because it, it is. It, it's a monstrosity. It really is. He he looks terrible. But, hey, you can't shine a turd, can you? And that is not nice. Yeah. But other than that, uh, if you're that concerned with an expanded universe that's being created as we speak and all the movies and the movie coming out and you're fired up, you might be able to get some enjoyment. Now, this is $5. I think that's nonsense. But you also have Star Wars Empire, Empire Ascendant, number one, which actually goes and tells a Luke story, a Han, a Leia, a Darth Vader. I ended up not getting that. So 
I ended up with the Kylo deal. I, I kind of wish that maybe I would have done this Star Wars Empire Ascendant there, but I people don't seem to like it as much as the Kylo. So maybe it's just not for me overall. But hey, if you like it, you like it, let me know. And that's with all the books. Uh, that twenty ninety nine though, if you like it, don't even tell me because it'll drive me nuts. It'll drive me insane. I'm like crazy Eddie. But that's it. That's it for the podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you enjoyed this little bit of expanded deal. The holiday season is upon us, so maybe you'll have some extra time to listen to some things because me and Brandon will be back in a couple days for episode one twenty four. And we're gonna we have a lot of books to pick from, and you end up that following week then not having too many books. And I think that in the next two weeks or so, the next two of his podcast, and even mine as well, we may have an end of year award show. We are probably gonna end up kind of catching up on some books, adding some of these that came out this week that we didn't get to, you know, the week after, things like all that. It's just kind of the idea of what's going on but i hope you enjoyed this i hope you had some fun i hope you enjoyed me rambling on i hope that it got you through maybe a work day or you know jogging working out or something whatever you do when you listen i hope that you enjoyed it so thank you everyone and i will talk to you later